Sports Radio 950 ESPN presents Benson and Those Guys. Brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Now alongside Rick Benson, here's Dan Barello on Sports Radio 950 ESPN. Welcome to Sports Radio 950 ESPN this Saturday morning. Hope you're doing well. I'm Dan Barello with Benson, who has put this fine show together called Benson and Those Guys. Benson, tell us about those guys. Tell us about yourself and why we're all here today. Well, this is going to be a different kind of sports show, Dan. I'm glad you're here. It's uh, good to be here with those guys. You've been told for years what they think and what they say. Well, they are right here with me in the studio this morning. Those guys, Darren and Zach, join me and you for the next hour as we share what is possibly a different perspective than that which you've already heard on sports radio. We want to mix faith. We want to mix sports. We want to mix humor and bring a different kind of sports show one that maybe is not heard of uh, on other stations. Dan Barello is with us behind the board, well-known, well-respected, and well-liked. I don't know about that. We are, uh, <laughs> we are pleased to work with Dan for, well, for however long it takes before Darren says something unreasonable and gets us kicked off the air. Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing well. That's why they're here with us, Dan. That's why they're here. I want to give a special good morning out to all those heading to the Grace and True Sports Park for the Greece United Soccer Tournament this weekend. Dan, Elena, and the leadership of the Greece United run a great tournament. And with teams coming from all over, including from other states and even from Canada, if you enjoy good soccer, these young players will entertain you. My suggestion is that you forget all about the Lilac Festival. Forget about it. Head out to Hilton and get yourself a good burger, take in a game, and then get another burger and watch another game. <laughs> All right. I know. I guess we're supposed to be team players, right? So, okay, maybe you could fit in a trip to the tournament and make a trip to the Lilac Festival. Let's start with this, Dan. I want to ask you this. Yankee fans, mm-hmm. are you worried yet? Are you worried? People talked about the age of the lineup, but it seems as if in the Yankees' camp, it was just a dirty little secret that nobody really wanted to talk about. Playing just above 500 ball right now, the Bombers are got to be trying to figure out a way to get Tanaka to pitch every day. Yeah, I, I, I agree. He pitched well for, uh, Wednesday night against the Mets, and he is definitely their stopper. But now it's, it's Tanaka, Kuroda, and three other guys because of the disabled list. Those guys. They could have those guys and get just as much done. <laughs> Pretty much. It's only the middle of May, but they are under 500 at home. And that ought to be a concern when you're not playing, when you're not winning baseball at home, mm-hmm. then you got troubles. Phil Rizzuto used to say that um, you want to win two out of three at home, play 500 on the road, and that'll get you to the playoffs. But the Yankees just dropped two to the Mets at home in their own building. Then they let, uh, well, pre- previous to that, they let Robinson Cano and the, and the Mariners come to town and then leave town feeling pretty good about their time in the Big Apple. Zach, you had something you want. I think it's especially concerning when a lot of the players that they brought in in the offseason were specifically brought in to hit in Yankee Stadium. Guys like McCann, guys like Beltran, guys like even Ellsbury. Uh, McCann is hovered in the low 200s. Beltran had a nice hot streak for a couple of weeks, and then he fell over a fence and got hurt. Ellsbury, while he's been good at the top of the lineup, has not shown any power at all, and I think it is concerning, especially, like you said, given the age of this roster. Well, the age is something that you heard people on the streets talking about it. You heard fans talking about it, but you never heard it addressed by anybody in Yankees camp. But it was obviously going to come up at some point. And I think it came up a little bit sooner than the Yankees were, were, were banking on. Now, I'm not suggesting they're in trouble. There are many games left. 
But trends in April and May often turn into season-long habits. The fact that other than the Astros, who opened actually pretty well against the Yankees, I I might add, most of the American League is also 500 right now. So uh, they're not in trouble yet, but if this trend continues they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, it's anybody's league right now. Everybody's kind of like just hovering at this point, and it's early. It's May, and, you know, when you have an older roster like the Yankees do, it's going to take you a little while to to warm up. This happened back in 09. They were having some issues with Johnny Damon and those guys, and I think, you know, it's going to take them some time, but the pitching's the main concern, and if they, if they can't get the starting rotation in order and they can't get any middle relief, they're never going to get the game to David Robertson because it's not going to matter. And so they need to get their heads together. And they're already talking, making some trades and going out and grabbing guys like Jeff Samarja uh, from the from the Chicago Cubs, and that's a concern because they don't have much in their farm system to begin with, so who are they giving up? It's going to hurt whatever trade they're going to make to, to salvage the 2014 season. And they learned last year with the Yes Network's ratings dipping when they couldn't make the playoffs with all the stuff going on with A-Rod and the fact that it's Jeter's last season this year. They're, they've learned that, hey, they have to sign big-name players to come to Yankee Stadium, and they have to win. They can't have an off year. Boston, they can have an off year and then come back and win a World Series, which I wish the Yankees would learn from But as a Yankee fan, but they haven't. And so now they're in a little bit of trouble, and they have to reload quickly and get these guys healthy in a hurry. And it's, it could be a problem. Darren? I was actually excited that the Red Sox won the World Series. I know that sounds crazy as a as a Yankees fan, but I thought – the Yankees would knock this offseason out of the park um, with your rival winning the World Series like that. And, you know, with the signings, I, I was saying all along, they're old. I don't think it's going to work. And so far this season, um, unfortunately, I was right, as were many other people. It's just it's not working out, and I can't say that I'm surprised. They have a farm system they need to fix. That's the bottom line, period. Well, you, you, were, you were approaching the offseason with a lot of optimism. You went in hoping Jeter gives you a lot of games. You went in hoping you were getting mm-hmm. the the Brian McCann that was in Atlanta and would be even better with the short porch in right field at Yankee Stadium. You were hoping you were getting uh, the all-star Carlos Beltran. You were you were hoping for the best. Now, I don't, that's gank, banking on a lot, and yeah. you didn't get that. The Yankees were at going so far. They were trying to do what the Billy Bean Oakland A's tried to do. Hey, let's sign a bunch of has-beens and just see what we can get out of them as cheaply as possible. Except the Yankees didn't go cheap. They went and spent big money to bring these guys in. McCann was a solid signing. I don't care. They could have signed him anyway. It didn't matter. They needed to sign him. But the Beltron signing left me scratching my head. The fact that they turned down Robinson Cano because of what happened with A-Rod, I get that. But then you go out and you get an injury-plagued Jacoby Ellsbury, and you sign him to a seven-year deal when he's going to be at about the age of 37, 38 when his contract's up, that Cano may be around. Only Cano's proven himself. Not that Jacoby or Ellsbury has it, but Cano played every day. Ellsbury doesn't. So some of the moves were puzzling this offseason. The Tanaka move, thank God they made that move because they'd be nowhere without him. But they and they tripped over uh, Salarte over at third base and legitimately tripped over the guy. And so you need a little luck like that, but the Yankees need a lot of luck, and they need to develop that farm system, and so far it's been been kaput. Well, if up the middle is where you're really trying to build your team, you got an older Derek Jeter, and we all love Derek. We get it. But if he doesn't stay on the field, then you're looking at a pitching staff where how many guys you still got in the lineup right now? Right. Then you got Brian Roberts and and Dean Anna maybe at shortstop up Brian, the middle. Yeah, Brian Roberts, whose best years were ten years ago when he broke into the league and took the world by storm, and then he got hurt, and that was it. And then you move in the center field with a Jacoby Ellsbury that. Mm-hmm. Again, if he stays on the field. So there's a lot of question marks up the middle. 
I, I think, you know, again, I'm not saying they're in trouble now. As you said, a lot of game teams, a lot of Mar- it's anybody's race right now. It has a lot of makings of the 2008 season. If you remember, the Yankees had their rotation, and they had two guys, two young players, two can't miss prospects who couldn't, uh, who were going to be great that year for the New York Yankees. That and Phil Hughes and Ian Kennedy, and they both combined to win. They both went into the season winning zero major league games, and they both came out of the season winning zero major league games. And this smells a lot like that. I don't know about you, fellas. Go ahead, Zach. I hate to be all doom and gloom, and there have been a couple of pleasant surprises. Like That's a lie, by the way. You Solarte, enjoy being doom and gloom. <laughs> I do. Solarte mm-hmm. is very quietly leading the American League in batting average. Mm-hmm. And he, I've tried to remain very cautiously optimistic about him because we know that... He came from nowhere. Guys that start the season hot <laughs> and very well end the season in AAA. Right. And he is a little older, too. He is. He's a little older. He's not a Mike Trout. He, <laughs> he's certainly not a prospect. He's been around. Stage. Right, exactly. Yes. But he's been a nice find. Mark Teixeira, for me, has been a pleasant surprise because when you come back from a wrist injury like what he had, traditionally it's the same injury that Jose Batista had. Mm -hmm. He had no power for the better part of half a season. Mm -hmm. And Teixeira came back and immediately started hitting home runs like the Mark Teixeira we saw in 2009. So if he keeps this up, if he can stay on the field, you know you got a guy in the middle of the order that switch hits, hits for some power, plays to Yankee Stadium. If Solarte keeps it up, you're... You don't have too many black holes in the lineup, but those other guys need to stay on the field. Well, you got to be happy. If you're getting anything out of Mark Teixeira in April or May, you got to be happy with that. Traditionally, a very late starter, anything he gives you this time of the year. And again, you're hoping these other guys, they come around and get back in the lineup, the pitching staff comes back together, and things go pretty well. But are you concerned? As a Yankee fan, you guys are both uh, Yankee fans. Are you concerned at this point? I'm very concerned. Um, even the young guys, well, I don't know, CeCe's not really young at this point anymore. He was who I was thinking of. But he, he's been a horse his entire career. And now he's he's hurt. He's on the DL. Um, he hasn't really pitched well in, in about over a season now. You got Pineda, who's a young guy, but has proven that he, he can't really stay on the field either. And he's going to be out for a while longer than they thought. And he's also a head case, as we've learned, Yeah, it's, with the pine tar. It's just, <laughs> yeah, that was not a smart move. Twice, yeah, same same <laughs> team too. You know, what are you doing? So, you, I'm very very concerned. There, there's not much to be optimistic about at this point. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Zach. I am concerned. Um, I'm mostly concerned because, like Benson talked about being strong up the middle. Both your middle infielders are basically corpses at this point. Derek Jeter is about to be 40 years old. If a ball is not hit right at him, he's not getting to it. Mm-hmm. Brian Roberts. Honestly, I'm amazed that he's still his legs are still attached. He's still on the field this late into this into the start of the season, and there's really no depth behind those guys. Eduardo Nunez was your depth for a long time. He's gone. You got Dean Anna in AAA, and that's basically it. So that's my biggest concern for this team. I think if the Yankees need to do anything, they really need to. Uh, Brian Cashman and the Steinbrenner brothers have to sit down and be like, okay, we got to fix the farm system. It's been atrocious, and I know Cashman didn't want to sign as many free agents so he can get more draft picks and go ahead and do that, but then when you're drafting guys like 
Aronda Quite Cito Culver, who had a great high school career, but he was your first round pick, and I, I, not many people projected him as a first rounder, and he's not doing real well in the minors right now. And this was your first round pick. It tells you that Damon Oppenheimer, the guy who runs the minor league system, the guy who goes out and finds these prospects, hasn't found anybody yet. The Yankees were built the core four. They talked about the core four with Andy Pettit and Mariano Rivera and Jorge Posada and Derek Jeter and all the other guys that they came along with and came up with, and the free agents supplemented them because they had a good farm system. That's why they were able to win four. World Series and eventually a fifth one later on. But the Yankees don't have that anymore. They have nothing back there. They have nothing in AAA, AA, any of that stuff. And their best prospect, Gary Sanchez, can't hit either. So what does that tell you about the front office? The piece that's missing is the stick. Bring back the stick. You need Gene Michael. (laughs) Gene Michael would be the perfect guy. But even the game may have passed him by. The guy's in his 70s now. He doesn't want to go, hey, yeah, I'll be your general manager at this point. Why don't you just hire Myron Levy like the Bills did? Eventually, you're going to get too old. I don't want to do this anymore. Go ahead, Zach. The Yankees' biggest problem is they do have some talent. They prepared for this offseason by stockpiling draft picks last year. They had three first-round picks, and I think they hit really well on all of those. The problem is that... By and large, the majority of their minor league talent is in single A and rookie league ball, and they're two, three, four years away from the major leagues. Teams don't want to trade for those guys either because they're so far away. And your killer bees basically all buzzed out. <laughs> there are no killer bees in the farm system. Yeah, go ahead. I, mean, I heard for years about like Manny Banuelos and Betances, Mason Williams, Zoilo Almonte, Slade Heathcott. I heard how awesome. Andrew Brackman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a joke. I heard how awesome. The next they, Randy Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Not even close. No. I, and, I mean, you, Ben Wellos got the, the backing of uh, Mariano, but then he got hurt. And Betances, I mean, he was supposed to be a starter. Now he's pitching all right out of the bullpen. Actually, he's pitching pretty well out of the bullpen But right he's now. still middle relief. They're not trusting him with, yeah. with that eighth inning spot. And that tells you a no, lot. No. And I mean, Zoilo Almonte, he got, his, he got a shot last year. And he did all right, but... He didn't break camp with the team this no. year. I mean, he, he's underperformed. You can say that. I mean, yeah, it's a crowded outfield, but still, if you're good, you're going to make the team. And, mm-hmm. and you're telling me you couldn't beat out someone like like Ichiro, who's getting getting up there. His talent is diminishing. You you can't you can't beat someone like that out. Right, exactly. I mean, maybe you're not that good. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's 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 funny because you know, the, like the Yankees, nothing right now. They get, nothing. they got nothing right now. But you know what? Nobody else in the American League is doing incredibly well either. So, I mean, Albert Pujols are starting to come back a little bit with the Angels. We'll see how that takes him. And David Ortiz is hitting the ball, uh, is skyrocketing all over the place. But at the same time, he's a little older. I have to question what is behind that. I'm just going to leave it at that right now. So we're going to take a little break. we got a guy coming up in a little while. He's going to talk a little bit about his team and athletes in action, what his, he does. His name is Chris Rainwater. Before we get to, after we get to that, we're going to talk about Donald Sterling. You know, we're a bunch of sports fans who happen to be Christians, as Benson said a little while ago. And the issue of forgiveness... Do we forgive Donald Sterling? And what does that mean? What does that mean to anybody? Because there is a little, when you say forgive, people think, oh, forgive and forget. Eh, Not so much. Not exactly. They're not necessarily tethered together. We're going to get into that coming up next on the show right now. This is our very first, the pilot episode of Benson and those guys right there, uh, Darren and Zach. This is Rick Benson. I'm Dan Burrell. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to Sports Radio 950 ESPN. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions, serving Rochester over 25 years. Want to get rid of carpenter ants, wasps, hornets, snakes, alligators? They do it all. 
fearing nothing but God, Town & Country Pest Solutions can get rid of those little critters that drive you and your household crazy. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Call 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit townandcountrysolution.com. Looking for custom-made apparel for your team, your family, or your business? Look no further than Match Play Custom Apparel. Great design, great selection, great prices. You can order online, call, email, or stop in. It's at 439 Central Avenue in Rochester. Match Play Custom Apparel. You can visit them online at matchplaycustomapparel.com. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Any design, any team, any logo, they'll do it. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. This segment of Benson and Those Guys brought to you by Team Valley. Team Valley Incorporated is a nonprofit organization whose goal is to provide high-level youth sports opportunities at lower cost. And here's where you can help. The third annual Team Valley Golf Tournament takes place Sunday, June 8, 2014. Registration at 11.30. Shotgun start at 1. It's the Chile Country Club at 760 Chile Scottsville Road in Scottsville. For more info, email Dave Valley. That's Dave at valleybaseball.com. V-A- a-L-L-E baseball.com. Dave at valleybaseball.com. It's Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions on Sports Radio 950 ESPN. Benson and those guys presented by Town and Country Pest Solutions. You know, we talked about Donald Sterling a little bit in the issue of forgiveness. Well, you know, everybody knows what Donald Sterling has done. Donald Sterling has basically gone off, and he was recorded by his girlfriend, which is odd because he has a wife who has, he's been estranged from for 20 years. They both own the L.A. Clippers, and he and his wife had a little issue, and so he's got a girlfriend. He's had multiple girlfriends since then, and this girlfriend basically recorded him for being a racist, basically saying he didn't appreciate the fact that she hangs out with black people like Magic Johnson and taking pictures with him. And she recorded it, she leaked it to Deadspin, and now the NBA is forcing him to sell his team. He's also gone on and asked for forgiveness, even though he decided to bash Magic Johnson again in the process. And I don't know what Magic Johnson has to do with any of this. But there's an issue, a fine line between forgiving and forgetting. Benson, in this case, do you forgive Donald Sterling? Can you forgive? Do you have the right to forgive him? And is there a difference between forgiving and forgiving and forgetting? There's definitely a difference. There's definitely a difference between forgiving and forgetting. We can forgive, we should forgive, and I know that can be difficult. There's a lot of things uh, at play when it comes to that. We don't have to get into that. That was all well rehearsed through the papers, through the media. But what we're really dealing with here is the issue of forgiveness. Somebody says something like that. Now, personally, I think he was just trying to to get at her, get uh, get under her skin. That's why he brought up the Magic Johnson thing. That was so out of left field. So the point is, he asked for forgiveness. So many people offer an apology. If I offend, if I offended you. And then, and then they never get to the point where they're asking for forgiveness. They just say, oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Well, are you sorry that you got caught? Are you sorry for what happened? Are you sorry for your own actions? When you ask somebody forgiveness, that necessitates a response on their half. Should you, should you not forgive? Biblically, we have an obligation to, to, to forgive. Jesus said in Matthew, forgive not, not just 70 times, 70 times, seven times you need to forgive. Now, the issue is restoration, proving somebody. He needs to prove himself. I, I think you can forgive him. 
I think you need to forgive him. I think you need to move on. Everybody wants that opportunity for forgiveness. But you stop short of saying, listen, we're going to give you back in control. We're going to put you in, uh, back in charge. You're, you're fully restored without having any time to prove yourself. Those guys, what, what do you think? Should, would you forgive him? I would forgive him. I know that we're supposed to forgive him. It would be tough for me to do. It's not that tough for me because I'm not a black person. I'm not the person that he offended. But like you said, we're commanded to forgive, not necessarily to forget. And I don't think that it's good to forget because it, you have people that do sometimes the same thing to you over and over. You can't just forget every time you have to in your mind say, you know what, this is not a good situation for me. It's not a safe situation for me. I think that, yes, you forgive, but you keep in mind that this might not be a good person for you to be around. I agree. You you do have to forgive them. Um, and, and, and I also agree. You got to move on. I mean, you can't just hang out on this forever. With that being said, I mean, there are consequences for your actions. Um, you, you, you know, this is America. You can say whatever you want. But you are going to pay for some of the things that you say. And he is very clearly going to pay dearly uh, for what he said. And he needs to. Uh, there's there's just no way he can continue to own the Clippers. It, it, it's, a, it's a lose-lose situation. He, he can't go on. He has to move on. And, I mean, to be completely honest with you, to me, his apology felt more like that he was sorry he got caught. I just didn't completely buy it. And, you know, it, it's definitely time for him to move on. Hey, you know, I'm not there when he makes his apology. We look at a clip on the uh, on the TV. We hear a clip on the radio and we make a judgment whether or not he was sincere. I have no idea to his sincerity. I know this. He said he deserves a second chance. Now, I, I don't, again, I don't know. I don't think his team should be taken away from him. Personally, I don't think you should take his team away from him. He should lose control. You are killing the logo. You are killing uh, the league. You are killing the business. You got to lose control. You can think about Steinbrenner way back when he was suspended. You can think of March Shot. They both of them, but they didn't lose their teams. They were suspended from. Them. I got to say that though. But the league has a, has a charter. They have a constitution. And that constitution, if there's a majority vote, not even a unanimous vote, a majority vote, and they agree to vote you out, they can vote you out. You lose your team, and that's the way it is. Now you don't get. You know, you'll get your money for it. You'll sell it at, at, at market value, and they unanimously said you're done. You're done. We're we're done with you. Um, I, I you know I I listen to Bill Maher talk about the Fourth Amendment, how you have the right to be secure in your person, and uh, everybody's kind of forgetting about all that. But here you are in the private sector. You you own a team that has African American ball players, minority ball players, and this is what you say about them. And that's not a good image. It's not somebody I'd want to work for. That's not someone somebody who might be black would want to work for. Clearly, they protested that. And the NBA has decided it's in the best interest of the league. And there's always that best interest of the sport clause. And baseball has it. Basketball has it. David Stern used it a lot. He stopped Chris Paul from signing with the Lakers because he felt it wasn't in the best interest of basketball, and the league had to be okay with it. In this case, you know, they've decided to punt on the guy, even though what may have happened was technically illegal. The fact is, his feelings are his feelings. He's got a track record for those feelings, and now his team's getting taken away from him because of a situation where the league is like, the unanimous 30 owners are like, yeah, you're done. Get out. We don't need you as a part of our league. Because 
because the other option is contraction or taking these players and, okay, you're all free agents, you're all free to go. And now you have a franchise with absolutely nothing with him at the helm, and no one's going to those games. And now all of a sudden, everybody's losing money on that, and you can't do that. you got to be careful with your mouth. you got to be careful with who you are. And Donald Sterling is not a good dude. Can I forgive him? If I were one of his players, absolutely. Could I forgive him? It would take some time. We are humans. We're told we have to forgive, but at the same time, it's it's easier said than done. Do I forgive him? Yeah, I can forgive him. I think Magic Johnson's forgiven him. He says, yeah, I can talk to him, and I can hang out with him, but I don't trust the guy, and I don't want him owning an NBA team. Like you said, there's consequences, and those consequences he knew when he signed up to own the Clippers, what the Constitution said, he can be voted out. They have a reason to vote him out, probable cause, and they're going to. So that, that, that's what I think about that. I don't know what the, what the rest of you guys uh, are as far as the Donald Sterling goes. Do you, do you think that uh, his girlfriend really – oh, go ahead, Zach. Another interesting side of the story, and it has so many sides, is I'm sure you've seen the comments that LeBron James allegedly made recently. Yes, I saw those. That yeah, a lot of players are. Now, he, he didn't not make playing. he didn't make those comments publicly though. He told he confided in the vice president of the P and the NBA the NBA APA Players Association that the league should boycott playing until this guy no longer owns the team, the players, and he'd be the first one to boycott. That's what he said. So far, they've retracted that statement. But go ahead. Well, my thinking is if you are the people making the decisions on whether he gets to keep his team or not, you now have to weigh, uh, You have to weigh. okay, he's the owner of the team. Legally, he owns the team. There's not a lot of things we can do with that. But on the other side, if we don't have a season because nobody plays, Adam Silver is between a rock and a hard place on right. this. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And if you, I don't know if Benson, if you heard the story about uh, LeBron. I heard it, and nobody's not playing. No, nobody is going to boycott. Nobody is not going to play. Nobody is going to give up that amount of money. Because here's the hypocrisy part of that issue. This is nothing new. This is those guys. Dan, you mentioned earlier that you wouldn't play for them. Those guys, uh, they protested, mm-hmm. but they did play for them. They did and play. They, they knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Now that the whole thing kind of became public, it, you know, got out there. Well, mm-hmm. now the NBA, NBA says, "Well, you can't be one of us." The players are like, "Yeah, we're going to turn our jerseys inside out." Y'all knew what what you were in for. Mm-hmm. You signed on to play there. It's nothing new. Now you're coming out against a guy. I'm not in support of the guy. I think the bad the guy's a bad dude. I think that's a terrible thing. Uh, you, ha- As you said, you have to be very careful at all times about who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in a world, right or wrong, this gal. You're always on interview. Much younger <laughs> than him, obviously is looking, well, obviously. She's looking for an opportunity. Right. Why are you with this right. wrinkly old dude? Mm-hmm. Nothing against wrinkly old dudes, but why are you in that relationship? Benson, are you one of those wrinkly old dudes? Not quite. Okay. Oh, he's there. He's a wrinkly old dude. Is he? Okay. All right. But I don't have. A, well, I just. I know what you mean. I know. I'm just, I'm just it's kidding. A bad thing. Yeah, it's not. You're it's not good. You always got to protect what you yeah. stand for. It's like and being he's a still, believer. He still lives in 1954, where he's uh, your average white guy, and nothing bad happens, and everything's going to be okay, and I have money, and I can fight everything, and he does fight everything with his dollars and cents. But he he's a terrible owner, and the league could have done something years ago. I agree with you that they could have done something in that regard. I agree with you that they could have done something years ago to get this guy out because he basically didn't want black people. living 
shouting in his own buildings, and they did nothing. David uh, David Stern did nothing, and more incidents happened. Like a year ago, there was an incident that happened with him, and he did nothing. And all of a sudden, this is like, ta-da! Well, we got to do something now. And this is Adam Silver's first chance to do something. But, you know, it's the world you're living in, man. You got to get with the times. You can't keep living in the 19th century. You cannot sweep it under the rug for years and mm-hmm. years and then think it's not going to pile up and start creeping out from mm-hmm. under the rugs. It's going to going to happen. Mm-hmm. You have to always be watching what you're saying. You have to. If you're going to stand up for your logo, you need to stand up right from the start. I don't think his team should be taken away from him. I don't think he should be in control. We forgive. I don't think we necessarily forget. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I have done something awful, uh, my wife is not going to – she's going to forgive me. She's not going necessarily going right. to forget. There's a trust issue that's going to take some while, a while to restore that. And I think that's the same thing here. He, he, there's going to be a long time. And maybe never. Maybe mm-hmm. never. Maybe you reach that point where you know what? You're not qualified. You still have the right to own your team, mm-hmm. but you're not qualified to be in charge. You're not qualified to run it. You just you got to hire somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a little quick commercial break. We're gonna come back. I think we have Chris Rainwater on hold. Uh, he's the manager for the local the Rochester Ridgemen, the athletes in action team that be playing baseball in Webster this weekend. Maybe some future major league baseball players be coming out of AIA. We talk about that. But the big subject that I know that everybody's waiting. Hey, it's a Christian sports radio show. Are they gonna talk about the Michael Sam thing? Are they gonna talk about the Michael Sam thing? Yeah, we're gonna talk about it coming up next. We get the Mr. Rainwater. They're we're going to address the Michael Sam issue, and there's so many different angles. We're just going to put it out there. We're going to talk about Michael Sam. Now, before you draw your conclusions to what we're going to say, give us a chance, because we may surprise you. That's coming up. It is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Control. I got the, I got the sponsor, right? Town & Country Pest Control. Pest Solutions. Pest Solutions, right. Town and Country Pest Solutions. You want to get that right. They're paying, you know. Yeah, I know. We got got like 18 commercials running for them, so that's cool. This is Benson and those guys right here on Sports Radio 950 ESPN. Looking for custom-made apparel for your team, your family, or your business? Look no further than Match Play Custom Apparel. Great design, great selection, great prices. You can order online, call, email, or stop in. It's at 439 Central Avenue in Rochester. Match Play Custom Apparel. You can visit them online at matchplaycustomapparel.com. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Any design, any team, any logo, they'll do it. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. This segment of Benson and Those Guys brought to you by Team Valley. Team Valley Incorporated is a nonprofit organization whose goal is to provide high-level youth sports opportunities at lower cost. And here's where you can help. The third annual Team Valley Golf Tournament takes place Sunday, June 8, 2014. Registration at 1130. Shotgun start at 1. It's the Chile Country Club at 760 Chile Scottsville Road in Scottsville. For more info, email Dave Valley. That's Dave at ValleyBaseball.com. V-A- a-L-L-E baseball.com. Dave at valleybaseball.com. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions, serving Rochester over 25 years. Want to get rid of carpenter ants, wasps, hornets, snakes, alligators? They do it all. Fearing nothing but God, Town & Country Pest Solutions can get rid of those little critters that drive you and your household crazy. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Call 426 426- 
5024. That's 426 5024. Or visit townandcountrysolution.com. You're listening to Rochester's only faith based sports radio program. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions on Sports Radio 950 ESPN. Coming up in just a bit, we'll give you our thoughts on the Michael Sam situation. But first, hopefully we have the technical difficulties. Otherwise, this will be Dan's last week with us on the program. (laughs) But we're joined by Chris Rainwater on the Town & Country phone lines. Chris is the general manager of the Rochester Ridgemen, playing their games out in Webster. Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm doing fine, too. It's good to hear from you. Hey, you got your season coming up. Tell us a little bit about what the Rochester Ridgemen represent. What uh, It's AIA baseball. Tell us a little bit about the team. Yeah, great question. Uh, our team is uh, a college baseball team, kind of made up of players from all around the country that are coming in to play in the NYCBL, and it's kind of a twofold purpose. Uh, one is uh, the, the baseball side of things. It's just really wanting to see these guys become better baseball players and grow as a baseball player so whenever they go back home they can contribute to their schools back home um, and contribute on the field there and uh, further their playing career um, for however far they're able to make it uh, but the most important thing for us is uh, for our guys is that uh, is for them to grow in their relationship we got during the summer uh, we go through um, a 46 game schedule throughout the summer and for our guys probably about four or five times a week uh, we go through uh, just discipleship times where we just get together um, and just learn more about what it means to follow Christ. Um, and so, um, to, like I said, that happens about four or five times a week, so they're, they're able to grow in those areas and just grow as men together, um, which is uh, the camaraderie that comes out of the summer for all of our guys. It's just one of the neat things that kind of happens as they grow as, as brothers in Christ. And um, just, uh, yeah, so through those kind of ways, uh, through Bible studies and just different outreaches um, in the community or some of the things that we do throughout the summer, and just basically using platform for sports uh, to share the gospel. Now, Chris, did you start this team, or did you take over this team? How long has the Rochester Ridgemen been around? Yeah, uh, the Ridgemen have been around. This is year number three for us. Um, we've actually been in the NYCBL uh, for at least probably about nine years, um, but we were down in Alfred, uh, New York, uh, before we came up here uh, to Rochester in 2012. Uh, so this will be our third season. We actually play, our, like as you guys mentioned, we play our games in uh, Webster at Basket Road Field, and so this is season number three for us and excited to get it going i want to tell all the listeners if you have not had an opportunity to get out to see the ridgeman i highly recommend it it is a good time and it is good baseball by the way there are several uh major leaguers that have come through the nycbl uh guys like hunter pence tim hudson brad lidge rajay davis uh, some some quality ball players, pretty good, and and the AIA team is a very good team. These guys are not only are they good in heart, they are a, a good group of men. Now, what does your team look like coming up, Chris? Are you excited for the season ahead? You think you got a competitive team? Yeah, um, before every season, like just like always excited with the, with the guys that we have and stuff. I guess you never really find out until you get out on the baseball field um, as they start competing against some of these other guys. But I uh, definitely feel like we have a team that can compete. Um, so excited to uh, get the season rolling and uh, see if that's true. Now give us a scoop. Has Brian Cashman called you looking for pitchers? <laughs> you know, you know what? I may have called Brian Cashman looking for pitchers right now. So, um, but <laughs> how do you get your players? How does one become a member of the Rochester Ridgemen? 
Uh, yeah, they, it's basically AIA, as you were talking about, is a, a Christian uh, sports ministry to where we recruit for probably about four different teams. We have a team up in the Alaska Baseball League, a team in the Great Lakes Collegiate League, a team in the New York Collegiate League, and then uh, a team that we travel down that, that goes down to the Dominican. And a lot of our guys are just through uh, AIA baseball has a pretty good name, uh, just through out the college baseball ranks. And so, like a lot of um, a lot of guys, if they're interested in playing for one of our teams, uh, process of going online, filling out an application, um, just, and um, we get those applications, contact their coaches, and uh, try to figure out what would be the best spot for those guys to play during the summer. That's awesome. Chris, I had the opportunity to, to meet you and spend some time with you, and I appreciate your testimony and what you stand for as a, and a, as a godly example to young men. Tell us a little bit about how God led you to this team. Yeah, that's a great question. I uh, actually became a believer my junior year of high school. Uh, just sports had always played a huge role in my life, and um, uh, church had, had played that uh, somewhat of that role as well. Um, but I really never knew what a personal relationship with Christ looked like. And uh, my junior year, I uh, just had gotten into some trouble and just realized that, like, I my life really didn't add up. Like, if I really wanted to follow Christ, it really didn't um, add up. Uh, to to what somebody who really is one to follow Christ kind of looks like, their life would look like. And um, so I uh, actually gave my life to Christ my junior year and then um, got into uh, college and playing baseball. AIA played a huge role in my life of uh, just growing me as a man of God. Um, I had, uh, after the summer of my freshman year, actually traveled with a team. Uh, we went into uh, Michigan, uh, Chicago, Wisconsin, just traveled around playing teams in the area. Um, inner city of Chicago, down to Nicaragua, and it was just an awesome summer for me, a life-changing summer for me. And um, just with it being that life-changing summer, um, I think God, like I always knew in the back of my mind that God was uh, calling me to sports ministry in some way. And then uh, after I graduated, I was in the workforce for a little while and then just kind of felt like uh, God was leading me uh, to work with Athletes in Action Baseball. So I joined staff and have been on staff for about seven years now uh, up in the NYCBL. When do you guys get into town? You you got to be coming up soon. I know your schedule kicks off June first, and I think you're home yes. for that game. Yes, we yes we are. We are actually home. Uh, it's, it's a five o'clock start time, so that way kids can come out watch games. It won't go too late. Well, I know we're looking forward to having you out at uh, GNT Sports Park working with. Uh, I know we got a clinic scheduled with GNT Baseball. Yeah. Looking forward to having you guys be a part of that. I do have to ask you. We have a favorite player. Is Chris Kemp back on the team this year? Uh, you know what, Chris is. Uh, he is not on the team this year. Um, he is like uh, just uh, through some different things of just uh, our team filled up before we got the opportunity to get back in touch with him. So we, we, um, we he will Chris, not be joining us. Did, did, did you have to cut him? I did not have to cut him. No, sir. <laughs> uh, I, it was. <laughs> oh, well, that's great, Chris. I want to thank you for joining us. I look forward to seeing you. I want to let the listeners know if you have not again, if you've not been out a game, this is a great family atmosphere. Uh, come out, enjoy your game. Chris, anything you want to say? I would love to see anybody that wants to come out to the ballpark. Uh, it's definitely a free uh, night for uh, families just to come out and enjoy some good baseball and have a good time. So we'd love to see families out there. All right, cool. Chris Rainwater, thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. You guys have a good night. Outstanding. You good night, too. Chris. Chris Rainwater, manager of the Rochester Ridgemen in the Athletes in Action Christian Baseball League. Now, when we come back, the big story, Michael Sam. I know you want to hear what we have to think, but we might surprise you. That's coming up next right here. It is Benson and those guys.
right here on Sports Radio 950 ESPN. This segment of Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Team Valley Incorporated, a nonprofit organization whose goal is to provide high-level youth sports opportunities at lower cost. Teams learn to play the game of baseball and softball the right way. They learn and demonstrate respect for the game, umpires, opponents, and each other, and improve through professional instruction at Valley Sports. For more info, contact Dave Valley at Dave at ValleyBaseball.com, V-A-L-L-E, Baseball.com, or at Team Valley, V-A-L-L-E, dot com. That's Team Valley, dot com. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions, serving Rochester over 25 years. Want to get rid of carpenter ants, wasps, hornets, snakes, alligators? They do it all. Fearing nothing but God, Town & Country Pest Solutions can get rid of those little critters that drive you and your household crazy. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Call 426 426- 5024. That's 426 5024. Or visit com. Looking for custom made apparel for your team, your family, or your business? Look no further than Match Play Custom Apparel. Great design, great selection, great prices. You can order online, call, email, or stop in. It's at 439 Central Avenue in Rochester. Match Play Custom Apparel. You can visit them online at matchplaycustomapparel.com. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Any design. Design any team, any logo, they'll do it. MatchPlayCustomApparel.com You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions on Sports Radio 950 ESPN. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys. I'm Dan Borello, alongside Darren and Zach. Benson is our big host, and of course, we're brought to you by many great sponsors here. We are Christians... Actually, we're sports fans who happen to be Christians, and we could surprise you. In this next segment, I know a lot of people want to know what we think about it. It's the Michael Sam situation. Of course, if you don't know who Michael Sam is, Michael Michael Sam was drafted in the seventh round by the St. Louis Rams. Why is this a big deal? Why is it bigger than any other seventh rounder? Seventh rounders don't make NFL teams, guys. Well, because he's gay. He came out in February as a gay person and and uh, he wanted to come out and get ahead of things because the nfl combine is the world's largest interview process they ask you about your parents your history everything if you use performance enhancing drugs and they go around they ask other people about you and he was the sec's co-defensive player of the year in college for missouri the sec is the toughest football conference in college football so that's a pretty big deal when you're a defensive end out of missouri in their first year of the sec and they, he goes out and he sets the world on fire as a sack master. But then he comes out and says he's gay. And the reason why he came out is because he didn't want people to find out through back channels that he was gay and then risk not getting drafted. So he comes out and tries to get ahead of the situation. And he ends up getting drafted in the seventh round by Missouri's own St. Louis Rams. And the whole situation is, what do you think about this, fellas? They showed him on camera kissing his boyfriend, Let's be honest. And there was talk that he wouldn't even get drafted because he was gay. And once he was, he took to celebrating about it. And now he's got his own reality series with Oprah on Oprah's network. What do you think about Michael Sam, Benson, starting with you? It's a difficult topic. And a lot of folks have tried to play the locker room situation. With you. Well, I don't, want to, I don't want to be in the locker room with a gay person. Uh you know, I, I kind of have a problem with that because if you go to the gym, there's a very good chance you're in the locker room <laughs> right. with, with a gay person. Now, you referred to me as the big host. I want you to know I've been going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to be as big a host. But I am almost – and it was there that I realized it. I'm like, 
okay, I am probably, this is not a big deal. Right. It's, it's not a big deal. We live in America, and I'm not going to come down hard on Michael Sam. I want to tell you, I, I, I don't agree with the lifestyle, but I don't differentiate it. I don't make any difference between that or being an adulterer, being a wife beater, being an alcoholic, being a drug abuser, or let's, a little closer to home, telling a white lie. Right. Maybe helping yourself to the stapler from the office. Things that people do that we overlook, yet somehow when it comes to homosexuality, we cannot overlook that. I know the kiss on national television, on ESPN, has gotten a lot of airtime, a lot of reaction. ESPN went into his home. Right. They're sitting in his living room. Mm -hmm. Um, People say, well, I don't want my kids to see it. Your kids probably are going to see it. Educate them. Tell them what you believe, and not just what you believe, but why. Don't just tell them, oh, that's disgusting, that's sick. Educate them why you're, you're saying what you believe. Listen, nobody complains if it's a hot girl. Right. Nobody complains that it's the all-star kissing some hot girl. And I doubt, I said to one person, if it was Anna Kornikova mm-hmm. with another hot tennis player, nobody's complaining. Very few people are probably, I should say fewer people are complaining. Mm-hmm. But because it's two men, I say, listen, I, I don't agree with the lifestyle, but it's no different. Sin is sin. And I believe that. I, I don't think any less of the person. I think he has a right to play in the NFL. I think he's probably a, a good man. Everything, Every report mm-hmm. I've heard, I don't know him, but I've heard the reports that he's a good teammate. He's a good football player. I don't know if he's ever going to make it in the NFL. He's a marginal player. He's going to be have to fit into the right program. Mm-hmm. But nobody should cut this man's career out from under him or not give him a shot just because of his lifestyle. Let's go to you, Zach. What do you think about this? One thing that I've noticed by all the coverage of this story is that people don't seem to be able to differentiate or separate the lifestyle from the person. And it's either you like Michael Sam or you don't like Michael Sam. You can disagree with the lifestyle and not dislike the person. He's still a human being and a football player and by all accounts a very good football player. And I think it's important to remember... You don't have to root for the guy to fail because you disagree with him. Mm-hmm. You can still, if you're a fan of the St. Louis Rams, you can still hope, hey, I hope this guy is good. I hope he racks up the sacks. I hope that he produces on the field. I think that's an important thing to remember. I know a guy who's a Christian guy who, well, his wife's a Christian and he kind of goes along with it. He's a huge St. Louis Rams fan. Loved the draft pick. Says we're building a dynasty. And they have one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. And he's going to have a tough time making that team. But the guy was the best sack master in the SEC. And it shows for something. He's very excited about Michael Sam. Darren, what were you going to say? I'm a Christian and I can sit here and be like, oh, the kiss bothered me and be all hateful. But that's not what we're called to do. I'm, I'm called to love Michael Sam. Just like Christ loves us. So I can say in a way the kiss did not bother me. What bothers me is the media attention this seventh rounder is getting. Uh, I'm sorry, but Jadavion Clowney is the number one overall pick. And I have heard five times as much about Michael Sam. And I have got to assume that that is rubbing some NFL players the wrong way. I think Michael Sam is going to have a very tough camp because... 
it, people have got to be sick about hearing. If I'm sick about, if I'm sick of hearing about it, um, you know, players in his locker room have got to be tired of it. And I, I think they're going to give him a hard time like they would any rookie. But you know, show me the clowny hit some more. Talk about him some more. We live an hour from Buffalo, and I have heard next to nothing about Sammy Watkins. But I can tell you Michael Sam's life story. Well, and, I'll, oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll say this about Michael Sam. It's groundbreaking. This is this is a, this is a first. And this is the NFL. We didn't think it would happen. You got a guy named Kerry Rhodes. You familiar with Kerry Rhodes? Kerry Rhodes is a cornerback. Allegedly is gay. Had a boyfriend that would go to Arizona Cardinals games with him routinely and sit upstairs with the girls, the players' wives and stuff like that. He can't find his way on an NFL roster. Now, he's come out and said that that guy's a liar and he's not gay, but he can't find a job. And the guy was a pretty darn good cornerback. So that speaks volumes to where the NFL is with this situation. And the NFL has a month of the year in October where they do everything pink for breast cancer awareness. They're trying to soften their image. They just had a guy on Thursday basically get indicted for two more murder charges that may be connected in Aaron Hernandez's case with the other murder he was arrested for. And he signed a contract and went to training camp for $40 million, went to training camp 10 days after he allegedly conducted a double murder. And when they asked him, when they asked him, hey, was your summer as much fun as your teammate, Mr. Gronkowski, the Buffalo native? He goes, well, mine was private. Right, but I had my fun. They go, could you elaborate? He goes, it was private. Next question. This is 10 days after he allegedly killed two people and then went ahead after the season and killed somebody else in connection with that. The NFL's got an image problem, and this is their way to soften this whole thing with the Michael Sam situation. But you got to sell it to your players right now. And if the guy can go out and perform, I'm all for it. I have no problems with anything Michael Sam has done so far. Nothing. Not his lifestyle, nothing, because I have no idea why he has chosen that. I don't know what's in his head and his DNA to make that. I don't know why I hate licorice, but I hate it. You can't make me eat licorice. It's not happening, but some people love it. Okay, could be the same thing. I don't know, but I know this: when he was on the board and the Bills had a chance to draft him, I was hoping they would take him because I know what the guy could do at Missouri. He's a good football player, and I wish him the best. I hope he just is careful. When I say careful, don't shove it in everybody's face if you're afraid of what their reaction could be. And with this reality show with Oprah, he could be doing that, and I'm concerned in that regard. For him, if he wants to make an NFL roster, he's got to play it a little bit cooler than that. Go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. That's what I was going to mention is the reality show with Oprah. Is he's going to have to be very careful now because every move is going to be recorded and scrutinized and replayed and talked about on shows like this one all across the country. And he's not started off on a good foot because apparently the Rams did not know that he had signed a deal for the show. According, according to him, they didn't know, but his agent said that the NFL was well aware of this before the draft, and they can't keep secrets in the NFL. So it, it was out. So they knew. They knew. Michael Sam may not have known that they knew, but they knew. So there's some miscommunication, but they knew. Everybody knew. And that's my, that may be why he dropped from like a third or fourth rounder to a seventh rounder. It, it may have been the reality show. He's going to have a very tough camp either way, I think. So The NFL is a league that does not like distractions. Somebody doesn't make a roster. Is it because of their lifestyle or is it because of the distraction that that lifestyle brings? I don't know. I know the NFL does not like distractions. The fact that this reality show, that they knew about it beforehand, I find that very surprising. I don't think that's why he slipped to a seventh round. I don't think he fits a lot of football teams. I understand he's a very good college football player. I'm not sure how that's going to translate to the NFL based on reports that I hear. I wish him the best. Mm -hmm. I do. And I don't make a difference. We celebrate Derek Jeter. 
I'm a Derek Jeter fan. I Listen, I love the way the guy plays baseball, and I like the way Michael Sam plays football. But Derek Jeter is a reputed womanizer. Derek Jeter, uh, rumor, legend, myth, I don't know, has it that he gives girls a gift bag on their way out the door in the morning, complete with autographed baseball and a couple of tickets to the game. (laughs) Here's a gift. Now, what is different about that than what is Michael Sam's situation? Like Benson said, you've got to be consistent. If you're going to judge Michael Sam for what he does, you've got to judge Derek Jeter. But nobody wants to touch Derek Jeter. Nobody wants to touch that because he's heterosexual. And that's cool, man. He's a he's a man's man. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you're going to judge, be consistent. Be consistent. So we got to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We got a couple segments here. Zach's going to go off for a minute. It's unreason- his unreasonable minute, which Benson calls. This, this, is, why, this is why Dan's only going to be one week with us. Okay. We love Dan. But Zach's got a useless bit of information he's going to present, uh-huh. and Darren's got an unreasonable minute okay, that is that- so unreasonable <laughs> nah, okay, that we're not giving him the full minute I when we get back. I apologize. We're going to take a quick commercial break and come back right here on Sports Radio 950 ESPN. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions, serving Rochester over 25 years. Want to get rid of carpenter ants, wasps, hornets, snakes, alligators? They do it all. Fearing nothing but God, Town & Country Pest Solutions can get rid of those little critters that drive you and your household crazy. Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fearing nothing but God. Call 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit townandcountrysolution.com. Welcome back to Rochester's number one faith-based sports program and Rochester's only local sports radio show on Saturday mornings. Benson and those guys on Sports Radio 950 ESPN. Benson and those guys presented by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Right now I'm going to introduce Zach. Zach is going to bring us a bit of useless information. As many of you are aware, uh, the Yankees' Masahiro Tanaka is now 6-0 and with an ERA, a sparkling ERA of 2.17. But what I bet you didn't know is that he was not a full-time pitcher in Japan until his junior year of high school. In fact, until that year, he was a catcher who reputedly had such a strong arm and such good mechanics, he could throw to second base and catch a runner without leaving his crouch. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. I did not know that, nor did I care? <laughs> Sounds pretty All I know to me. is he's sec- six and zero. Oh. One more segment we got for you. Darren's unreasonable minute. So unreasonable, it'll be less than a minute. Yeah, it but- is brought to you by, well, not by anybody. So Darren, we got, we got a clock for him too. So <laughs> Darren, here you go. All right, cool. I'm starting to think that Barry Bonds never took steroids. As far as I know, he was <laughs> he was never caught. Right? All these reports just, you know, they have something against the greatest home run hitter of all time. Sure, you know, he gained some impressive muscle weight. His arms were the size of my entire body and his head grew 12 hat sizes. But, I mean, that doesn't prove anything. Was he ever caught and convicted? No. Then he never took steroids. Neither did Rafael Palmero, Sammy Sosa, or David Ortiz. These tests are flawed and open to interpretation. Just ask Ryan Braun. You couldn't even, you couldn't even get 30 seconds. You couldn't even get 30 seconds. Out of that. You are an idiot. <laughs> Zach? It means that in the nicest way possible. Look, Darren, I've never, no one's ever caught me eating a large pizza before bed, but if you look at my pants size, it's pretty evident that it happened. We're going to conclude the show. 
today with our with our standard way of doing it, which is not a standard way of doing it since this is our very first program. We're brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go around the room and introduce our pest of the week, somebody that was an irritant to us or one of the teams we follow. I'm going to start with you, very, very quickly, Elin Nordrin. She's his ex-wife. She spoke at her college graduation. Why? Because they didn't want to pay to bring anybody else in. But she's a graduate, and she's got hundreds of millions of dollars. So why not we put her? Why don't we put her in? She got a 396 in psychiatry or psychology. Great. And she went off and talked about how she came to this country 10 years ago, and she now, 10 years later, has two beautiful children, but she's not married and blah, blah, blah. Why do you have to keep bringing up the whole tiger thing? Nobody else is bringing it up. All t- people are concerned about with tiger is are his knees and his back right now. People have forgotten about you, so stay forgotten about you. got your money. Now go on. You don't want your kids to have to watch you bashing their dad 10 years from now when they figure it out on YouTube? That's my pest of the week. Zach, your pest of the week. My pest of the week is the Boston Bruins' Milan Lucic. After the Bruins were eliminated in overtime by the Habs this week, he went through the handshake line, which is one of the best traditions in sports. Two teams that have just been killing each other for three periods, shaking hands and saying good game to each other, except he was not saying good game. He allegedly told multiple Habs players that he would, quote, kill them next season. Several Habs players are quoted as saying he was not friendly in the line, and there were no good games exchanged. Darren, Pest of the Week. My Pest of the Week is Tyler Sash. He's a former New York Giants safety from 2011 and 2012. Uh, he's in Iowa right now, apparently. one thirty in the morning on a Saturday, Saturday morning. Uh, police spotted Sash riding a motorized scooter with no lights. They asked him to stop. He refused. And then he led police on a four-block chase until he left the scooter behind fleeing on foot. Um, apparently running on foot proved to be just as ineffective as the scooter because the police found him behind a tree, told him to come out. When he refused, they shot him with a taser. And now he has been charged with public intoxication and interference with official acts by police. My pest of the week is Curtis Granderson. After batting under 200 so far to the start of the season, not being able to hit water had he fallen out of a boat, suddenly finds his power stroke against my New York Yankees, going, I believe, five for eight, two home runs, five RBIs, and making the Yankees feel awful as Jacoby Ellsbury at the same time going 0 for 7 and Carlos Beltran watching from the TV in his living room. (laughs) You know, it's funny. Uh... Revenge is always great. But why could he do that stuff on the other side of the river? Last year in particular. I guess we're all Yankee fans in this room. That's not going to make for very good conversation along the way, but we shall see. So, Benson, thank you for doing this. We'll be back here next week, every Saturday, 8 to 9, right here on Sports Radio 950. It's Benson and those guys, those guys being Zach and Darren. I'm Dan Barello, Christian Dan, formerly of 96.5 WCMF, and Sports Radio 950 ESPN. Thanks for having me on, fellas. I appreciate you uh, letting you me be, be part with of us. this. Thank so, you. And uh, hopefully we'll see you in church on Sunday. And God bless you all. Benson, you got any parting words before we, uh, we end this? Nothing. All right, great. We will see you guys next week, hopefully with new controversies, new topics, and hopefully 30 more seconds in a rant from Darren. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for enjoying our show from Town and Country Pest Solutions. This is Benson and those guys right here on Sports Radio 950 ESPN.